Mm. I've seen that dunk before. Sure, yeah. I saw you do that in the backyard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when we were eight. He, Did he just throw oh, like maybe a he, throat slit? Yeah, it's a little early yeah, for like the throat he, slit. Uh, Is that what that yeah. was? I mean, it was pretty solid, and he That's did it on nasty. his first try, but... That's some uh, tight then he, went o- then he went over and hugged Paul George. Yeah. Mm. That's like an okay. insta-band. Not loving that. That's why he got deducted on the scores. Yeah. Wow. Right? That's not even a 10. Huh? So you gave him an 8. I know. It's brutal, right? An 8. That's a 10, I mean, man. That dunk won a contest once upon a time. Totally. <laughs> right? Right? And he's like a little guy. So... Sucks going first, I guess. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Yeah, so just prepare to... Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. Whee! I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch. Welcome Pacers fans, you are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 509, coming from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss the All-Star Weekend. We've got a stat of the week for you and an undergoogleable. Joining me this show are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like butter toast. First, from the nation's capital... Washington D.C. Hold on now. This is an old. Is an old one. I just read. I just read what's in front of me. Uh, it's the Washington D.C. area. It's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Shout out to Daylight Savings. Oh yeah, it's happening. Yeah. From. Indianapolis, Indiana. He's our in-house bartender. Mix up the drinks and the crappy jingles. John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? What is up, Undebeatables? It is Thirsty Thursday. I think All-Star Weekend's still going, right? I mean, how, yeah, we're good. So drink up. It's a state of mind, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What's going on, fellas? Anti-shout-out this week to the Brooklyn Nets. Mm. Apparently, the Detroit Pistons decided to buy out Blake Griffin. So by the time you hear this show, Blake Griffin is probably going to be a net. Mm. Oh, I don't like it. I don't either. I don't like it for the Nets. <laughs> Hey, come on. If Blake Griffin is your seventh man, you're doing all right. They'll probably just not play him at all, hope he's healthy, and, yeah, see if they can get ten good playoff minutes out of him, you know? Right, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, uh, hopefully uh, in the middle of the Eastern Conference Finals, there'll be a Kia in the middle of the floor. 
know? <laughs> and yeah, they'll just bring him off the yeah. bench. Just let him jump that over. Dude it. is so motivated to jump over Kia. <laughs> his entire life's purpose and the source of all his powers. Uh, before we get into the show, we'd like to let you know that you can support us uh, at patreon.com slash undebeatables. Uh, it's a, a monthly patronage that you can uh, support us at. Um, you can start at a dollar a month and uh, more if you'd like to as well. But again, that's patreon.com slash undebeatables. Gentlemen, like uh, we mentioned before, it was uh, the All-Star weekend previously, uh, earlier this week. Um, a little bit different. Everything everything just uh, compressed into Sunday night. Somehow they pulled it off. Maybe like a lot of the other things that we've seen in these uh, pandemic-y days, um, we realized we could probably do this every year uh, and, and be okay. <laughs> um, instead of stretching it out for three days. Um with so many commercials we would miss, Joey. That's true. That's true. There's there is money so at stake. So much less I guess. Kevin Hart, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta bring it up the uh, bringing him up. <laughs> um, uh so what so what are the events? We got the uh the skills challenge. Woohoo! Um I think there were some some skillful performance this year. In fact, our own Demonis Sabonis took home the crown that's right he's, Coulson, he's the most skilled player in the nba it's <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's I what we've learned right. essentially yeah um i no sabonis just walked through the first two rounds of this thing um so uh, the way they did it i think they did they have just like they had like four bigs and then you get to uh the winner of that first round got to play either luka Dantic or chris paul right so then they play a little and then mm-hmm. Um, and it ended up being uh, Vucevic versus Sabonis. So both Dantich and Chris Paul get knocked out in their first round. They probably weren't warmed up. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, uh, Vuce and Sabonis had a nice little uh, little combat at the rim with their three pointers, just bouncing off each other. Um, but Sabonis, uh, his went down first, and it was uh, it was very exciting. I, I think this is thrilling. I, have we ever had a, a Pacer win the skills to- uh, contest? This is no. Uh, he's the first one. This is this is amazing. Uh, well deserved. He looked like he uh, he owned that contest. He was just you know. Did he did this last year? Right. He did. He got second place last okay. year. Okay. Yeah. 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 So he's just he's trying to make this his thing, like. Like how Larry Bird owned the the three point sure. contest for a while. Like he's gonna Sabonis is gonna own the skills competition. They actually talked about uh, he was out early, the only one out early, uh, warming up, practicing. Mm. Yeah, so he's taking it seriously. Trying at All Star Weekend. Is yeah, that, is that against the rules? <laughs> it's frowned upon. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's gonna get a stern talking to. Yeah. Definitely fitting, too, that he beat Vooch, who got voted onto the all-star team prior to him. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Take that, Vooch. You're yeah. not that skillful. He's uh, He gets to take this big-ass trophy and put it in his, uh, you know, trophy case. Um, is it next to uh, what? Soon to be? Do we do we have a trophy for the most triple doubles on the, on the Pacers? Can we send him something? 
Um, yeah, if you want to get out your puffy paints, let's, <laughs> let's put something together. That's right. So he needs to have the skills challenge and then the most triple doubles uh, trophy <laughs> from the Undebeatables in his trophy case right now. And then sometime soon, uh, the Larry O'Brien trophy as well, probably. Mm. Does he get to keep that? <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> It's just one per, like it's just like one per team, right? Yeah, you get you get a but you he, get a ring. I mean, if he won the uh, what the Bill Russell MVP Bill award, Russell, yeah. yeah, then he could mm-hmm. he could yeah. take that home. Yeah, and if we do win a championship, Sabonis probably does get to just keep it for our team. <laughs> right, everybody trusts him to watch it. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. Like it's fine. It'll be fine. I feel like they should do it like the Stanley Cup. Like everybody gets to take it home. Yeah, for a day. For sure, yeah, uh-huh. and defile it for twenty four hours. Sure. Yeah, Tom Brady might be spoiling the fun for everyone by throwing it around in boats. <laughs> Ooh, I did see that video, and it was uh, uh, a little he, dicey he, out there. A little dicey. He was very confident, which I probably worked in his favor uh, in this scenario. But uh, imagine Tom Brady being confident. Who the fuck? I mean, he's done all right from well uh, so far. So I gotta say that I'm I'm uh, not a Tom Brady fan at all. But oh really? Tell yeah. me more. <laughs> I know I know huh. everyone's surprised by this, but there was a part of me that appreciated that he was just like, I'm gonna be unapologetically drunk for ten days <laughs> in front of all the cameras. <laughs> just be, it was, it, I thought it was mildly charming from someone who I revile. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's crazy is he was just drinking old duels. It was. <laughs> no, he just he had a he had a um a caprese salad that's got tomatoes in it, so you know. Mm. Just knocked him off. That was enough. Wow. Those nightshades will get you, man. <laughs> um so the skills challenge owned by the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um what else have we got? The three-point contest. No Pacers in attendance, huh? No. No. Well, actually, uh, the Pacers were playing defense during the, um, <laughs> the three-point competition <laughs> to encourage, to increase the amount of wow. threes made. Wow. Sure. And, yes, those were shots fired, Coach Nate Bjorkman. <laughs> yeah. So here's Steph Curry won this one. I didn't. I didn't get the chance to watch. Oh, this one, you didn't but, see uh, this, Joe? This was great. This was high drama. No. This is fantastic. Jason Tatum uh, came out and uh, put up uh, like 25 in the first round, and I was like, "Oh, shit! 25 won it last year. This is going to be exciting." Um, he ends up moving on to the second round, uh, but uh, Mike Conley, who um, actually is in his first All Star game this year, he was a, a late replacement for. Devin Booker, Mike Conley has long been thought of as the best NBA player to never make an All-Star game. So that that uh, that's off his resume. He comes in, he comes to win. He puts up a 27, gets him to the second round. Uh, puts up a 27 in the second round, and then Steph Curry comes out and drops a 28 with his last money ball. If he misses it, he loses. If he hits it, he wins it. High drama. Very exciting. Um, I thought Steph Curry was going to miss it on purpose just to give old man Mike Conley the win, but that's not 
It's not what competitors did you re- do. Did right? you really think that? <laughs> I thought I thought for a second because Steph Curry's first rack, I think he only hit one ball in the first rack, and I oh, thought, yeah. oh, he's throwing this for Mike Conley. No, no, he was not. He was just cold, and he then he not. proceeded to hit both his. They got both those his, Mountain yeah, Dew money balls mountain. now from like thirty feet, and he canned right. both of those. Canned both of them. Yeah, yeah, and uh, hit like everything from the wing. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. He's amazing. I think yeah that that first rack is like too close to the basket for him. <laughs> that's right that's right the corner three it's yeah like, it's, it's, right. it's too easy he gets you know he gets bored and distracted over there it's like a three-foot putt you know yeah. <laughs> right there and you're, it's, like, it's easy to come in yeah exactly yeah like wait how do i walk again <laughs> what do i do with my hands all right cool steph, steph curry's Curry. a good three-point shooter that seems appropriate yeah. that he would win how many has yeah. he won now Two, I just three. Two, I think yeah. this is just his second. Yeah. Really? Okay. Seems like he should he have all compete. of them. Yeah. I think. Yeah, he just doesn't compete every year, though. I think Clay beat him one year. Mm-hmm. I think that was the thing. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, no. I mean, he should. He should. Uh, this should be renamed the Steph Curry contest, right? At some point. We'll be there. We'll be there. Got the Larry or Bird. You- He's like, what the f- dude? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of uh, Steph Curry, um, LeBron's team uh, in the second quarter was up so much that uh, Damian Lillard and Steph Curry decided to just shoot half court shots to like <laughs> I, like give team Durant a chance to get back in it. Uh, the problem is, is they hit uh, two of three of those. Because they're ridiculous, um, Dame and Steph both hit one. So we also uh, we also did get to uh, experience the, uh, the the dunk contest, which is uh, I, I protest some of the uh, the scoring <laughs> on this one. Cassius Stanley from the Indiana Pacers comes out. Uh, I, I think I think killed the first dunk. You know, it was not. Beautiful. You know, it's been done done before you know it's been done before but very difficult and came out and you know knocked it you know knocked it out perfectly in this first shot and got the worst score in the first round over two two inferior ducks Mm. in my humble opinion Mm. is this too early for a hot take (laughs) no do it right on time Um, that's right um, so what what do you think? What's the reason for it, Joe? Is it is because he just went out first, and they were trying to like temper their scores? He was just sort of, um, you know, they didn't want to give too many tens with the first dunk. I mean, I think the judges are trying to like come out and set a tone, you know, um, which which kind of backfired on them. Um, also, there's a there's a I mean a non-zero chance of some blackmail going on, you know. I don't know, but. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think, don't. Uh, maybe, I do don't think, know. Do you think Cuomo got involved in this? I mean, <laughs> can't prove otherwise. <laughs> is he just involved in everything that goes bad? Yeah, that's his thing. So you think Obi Toppin has uh, incriminating pictures of uh, Cuomo, and it changed the whole thing? <laughs> I'm just saying we can't prove that he doesn't. Okay, mm-hmm. that's all I'm saying. Um, so uh, I, I'll, I'll insert uh, our uh, stimulating uh, dunk contest conversation in now. 
Oh, please, uh, please edit it down, too. Hopefully it's not 20 minutes going, huh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll A just go highlight this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because I mean, we're watching it at different times. Yeah, perfect. Right. <laughs> Dunk Contest 2021. <laughs> so... Obisopin's dunk was basically Cassius Stanley's, but he dribbled through his legs. Right. He just did a high dribble. Um, but he scored. And he that. got a higher score. That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it looked neat, but I don't understand how that's a better dunk. Oh, oh actually, like I have the answer for this one. Eight inches higher or taller. Uh, he Cassius plays Stanley. in a much bigger market than. Ah, gotcha. He's got the old uh, New York bump. Right. Well, he said he he had two dunks that had never been done before, so he better bust out one of them now mm. <laughs> for dunk two. You only get three dunks. Well, you you only get two if you don't go to the second round. There's a second round with three dudes. Yeah. So. So they have a one dunk playoff. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a one dunk playoff. The top two. Yeah. The top two have a one dunk playoff, and they don't get scored. Instead, they do yep. uh, uh, judge's choice or whatever. Well, uh, so do we know if the one that's never been seen, was that the first one? I hope not. Or, no, that no, was that like has Aaron been seen Gordon's before, dunk. For sure. yeah. I agree, but I mean... That was like an homage to previous winners. I mean, in the sense that we had never seen Cassius Stanley do that dunk. Right. Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, no, that was a dunk contest winner before, right? That, that's the homage. That was my yes. take on it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. And apparently, none of the dunk champions are uh, historians. Yeah, not not <laughs> not fans. Okay, now Cash is. Hopefully, his confidence isn't shaken. Now. I mean, yeah. I mean, he. So I'm guessing Cash Stanley knows a lot about his dunking forefathers, right? <laughs> That's where this is coming. Well, he's from. talking to Zach Levine right now, so he clearly yeah. does. Now he only gets three chances, right? Correct. Oh, no. Oh, Cassius Stanley. Eek. I just saw dunk one go missed. Wait, he gets to keep going? I don't understand. I don't either. Rules don't mean anything. All right. Uh, He can jump real high. No doubt. Yeah, that was authoritative too. Yeah. Didn't Judges count didn't much, love it though. Yeah. Yeah, he's out. It looked good. It could look good, real good in slow mo. He gone. Scoring well, thirty-seven. That's rude. Ooh. Maybe uh, Simmons will like fall on his face or something. I mean, there's still <laughs> there's still hope. <laughs> oh, he's gonna do a Vince Carter dunk. It would appear. Oh no, a Tracy McGrady dunk. Mm. So is he uh, That means he's not going to get out of the, the first round of these playoffs in the dunk <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like Damian Lillard's mask I like his style on that It's like It is covering his mouth and his nose But it's, it's way too high Yeah 
but he's doing the right thing. It's oh like boy, that one all right. Version of a, a mask, you know, like yeah, exactly. Instead of hanging too low, it's like way up too high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, Toppin would basically have to just shoot a three pointer for the dunk contest to 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 miss this, right? He just doesn't. <laughs> It'd be amazing. <laughs> If he was like trying to throw, like you know, throw the lob up, but he just like made the basket, just catches it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a say. My dunk is on the floor. <laughs> dunk is on the floor. <laughs> oh, now Josh Smith's come through with a ten. <laughs> sure, okay. sure. Come on, man. He just really likes it when you jump over people. Josh yeah. Smith does. Yeah, you got to yeah. know your crowd. You know, it's like uh, it's like when you're playing apples to apples or uh, oh. cards against humanities, right? You got to know who the judge is. Yeah, it's yeah, for sure. The card you throw. Yeah, there's people uh, I think of differently now, like permanently. I played apples to apples with them, mm. and I've just given them gold and <laughs> nothing. You know. <laughs> Oh, are we, we don't get points for this? Yeah, we that, don't. They're, they're not scoring. No, there's no points. Yeah, this is so, a, it's for, like a cabal. You know, they just got to wait for. But that, and for that attempt to, counted, right? For their for their back for their back room shenanigans. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Really? That's what you came with? I, 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 I mean, the other dunk thing. See, this is why it's dumb to not have two rounds or to have two yeah. rounds, right? Because you know Cassius's other dunk would have won this thing because both of those dunks were, like, pretty mediocre. So he was I basically did. his thing was he was trying to kiss the rim. He's up that high is the idea. See, look, he's kissing and then he's dunking. Yeah, but did, I mean, I, I guess the judges can see that on replay? Yeah. Like, you can't see that live. I don't. Th- I don't think that's. I- can we go back to Cassius Stanley getting he his? He didn't kiss it. Can we get him another one? Uh, uh, yeah. Also, he didn't kiss it. He did get very close yeah. to the rim. I'll give him that. Uh, but yeah, his two junks were just like I um, jump really high. Yeah. Like he put the the little mini basketball hoop up there. It was like I'll Which jump was, high and catch. Right. That I'll jump really high. Up. Right. So I feel like this should go to Cassius Stanley. Is that too late for that? I mean, it's no, judge's think, discretion. So yeah, yeah, they can just put it in a name. They and can say, just Look. give it to Zach Levine. And be like, <laughs> Zach Levine really is the best number, you know. So they didn't score it. They didn't go with consensus. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, it's they a just really like bizarre six. format for this. <laughs> oh, they just voted. Yeah, they voted, they voted and individually and publicly. They just pick a name, and so you get to. Okay. Know who picked who. Yeah, that's very odd. I'm I'm not I'm not sure I'm down with this Hooray. format. <laughs> I love this dunk interview right now with the how far away she is and like how she's not in front of him, so he has to sort of like look to the side. Yeah. This is great. Like can we not can we not they do could, it? So they should have turned the the mic. You know, the mic, yeah. forty five degree <laughs> so, angle. So yeah, it's really not that like, hard oh, to okay. achieve, right? <laughs> I don't think we have the technology <laughs> <laughs> to move the mic stand <laughs> no. to overcome gravity. Nope. <laughs> Dude, her outfit is weirding me out, though. What would okay. you What would you call that? Uh, 
would you call that Harper? Her outfit? Yeah. Confusing? <laughs> yeah. It is weird. It's like the It's like Are those cap- are those capris? I, but they're like leather parachute pant capris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Was that our was that our show? Yeah. We did. Uh, you can you can uh, find us on Twitter. <laughs> I do not envy you, Colson. That was not a lot of gold in that. That's fine. That's fine. I'll figure something out. Or I'll put out the silver, you know? (laughs) That was the dunk dunk contest contest 2021. So I got to say overall for the dunk contest, um, I don't think this compares to the the, Zach Levine... Uh, yeah. Battles, um, solid deep. You know, uh, you know. Yeah. Look, no drones, no Kias. I don't know. Like <laughs> nothing glowed in the dark. No mascots. No, the lights didn't get turned out. Yeah, only, no only two people got jumped over. Yeah, <laughs> it was cool to jump over his dad, but uh, you know, seemed seemed disrespectful uh, to me. You know, he's really sh- and, showing up his dad. <laughs> And Colson, you were right. The uh, the Raptors uh, top on the uh, Blazers shorts is not a good look. It may have cost him the contest. We I, don't know. Well, no, he, he ended won, up winning. Though. That guy won. Oh no, he did win. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I can definitively say won. it did not cost him the contest. That's true. No, you're right. <laughs> um, I was thinking about who should have won, not who did win. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that was the best dunk of the contest, probably. The, yeah, the T-Mac was doing the T-Mac dunk. Right. Yeah. But the Blake Griffin homage that Cassius Stanley started with, which was strong, was like the lowest scored and, dunk. And yeah, and I thought it was probably the second or third best dunk of the night, and it yeah. was the lowest scored dunk. So, yeah. Now, granted, Cassius Stanley did not come through with the, the second dunk. Yeah, the second dunk was rough for him. No. Yeah. Um, no. He was trying to do – was he trying to do the Aaron Gordon thing under both – under both legs, I think so. Yeah, unclear. And he, he couldn't get it done, and so then he went with just a it, it, a super high, you know, um, throw down with authority dunk. But it came after a couple failed attempts, and I think that hurt him. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but his first dunk deserved more points, and I'll go to my grave believing that. <laughs> Fantastic! Glad to hear. You got us back, and you know way to speak to the way, way to speak to the powers that be. Appreciate that. What to Dominique Wilkins, <laughs> yes, Webb. and Josh Smith, the power brokers of the NBA. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Cashy Stanley looked good in his uh, his pinstripes though, his Pacer pinstripes. Mm-hmm. Do you think we'll see that's him uh, playing any minutes in the second half of the season uh, on the Pacer team, Joe? Oh, uh, I mean, I, mean, I think it depends on. I mean, probably not barring injuries. You know, knock on wood. Um, I'd like to see him out there. He's very athletic, and and um, you know, just you want to give the young guy a good chance to shine. But I think he's been in the the G League bubble, I believe. Yes, recently he's been, he he uh, 
he he played in the Mad Ants just a just a few games because he was, was struggling with an ankle injury. But uh, the, I, I know the Mad Ants uh, Mad Ants coach, whose name I don't know, which I feel bad about, um, said that he's a very quick learner. So. Well, once we, uh, you know, really get it going and, you know, take off on this win streak we're about to embark on, it's going to be plenty of garbage time for Stanley. To, That's right. To we're going to bring him up to play all those 30-point blowouts. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, I guess so. As of uh, January 11th, the, the uh, Tom Hankins is the new Mad Ants coach. The world's most beloved actor is our coach, Tom, Tom Hankins. It's like a, it's it's he's like the guy you thought you signed up. To. <laughs> well, sir, very clearly, my name is Tom Hankins. <laughs> like, oh, we love you, man. You played Forrest Gump. You're definitely our coach. I'm we, so glad great. you recovered from COVID. I mean, that was, that's yeah. right. We were worried about you. You're an American treasure. Go ahead and coach yep. the Mad Ants. <laughs> It could be. I mean, maybe he's like preparing for his next role as like you know, Coach Carter or oh, something. Like that. Sure, <laughs> yeah, I'm Coach Carter. He's, I like that. He's, he's. I love the idea that he's doing the, the 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 remake of Coach Carter. It's a real f you to Sam Jones. <laughs> he's like, didn't I just make that movie ten years ago? <laughs> Oh, uh, but you know what? Tom Hanks can't do any wrong, so I'm sure I'm sure Samuel would be fine with it. He probably has a cameo in it. Right? <laughs> That's right. I mean, definitely. Probably like plays his dad or something in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo is 16 of 16 and three of three from three point land in the third quarter in the third quarter. Okay. When that Giannis is like, hitting threes on you, you don't have much of a chance. You're in What's trouble. Our, um, do we have the stat line on Sabonis yet? Cause you know, I made that bold prediction that he would win MVP. I haven't no. seen him on the floor yet. Uh, <laughs> right. Neither I think I, I said he was going to have six points, five rebounds, two assists or something like that. I saw him briefly in the first half. He did not get there. Okay. Or hasn't yet. All right. But uh, I think uh, Anna Dekumpa might have the MVP locked up. Hmm. Um, you guys want to take a quick break, and then we'll uh, uh, do a start of the week and an undegoogable. Sounds good. Bueno. All right.
We are back from the break. And uh, the next thing I got for you is my stat of the week. Joey, stat of the week! This may be one of the weirdest ones that I've seen. And there's definitely not a number per se in this stat, but um, I found out that the... Um, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the world of uh, uh, speed runs in, in video games. Like people uh, try to to finish the games as fast as they can. You know, like start. You know, hit a stopwatch and see how quick you can do it. Um, it's a you know there's there's a community of people that 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 do this. Um, then there's this uh, other so there's that culture. Uh, then there's another community uh, that has these tool assisted ones where it's basically they use a computer to like sort of capture or program the moves that you would do in the game. Um, and it's not something you generally can do on your own, but you're sort of capturing like bits and pieces uh, of it. Um, but it's sort of like playing back uh, moves and, and sort of putting those moves into the game. And um, let's get a little esoteric, I guess, but um, what uh, a, gr a group of people were able to do by using these tools, essentially programming ahead of time the moves that were going to be made and uh, uh, feeding those moves into a Super Nintendo. They were able to program, they were essentially able to uh, find some uh, flaws in the way of the programming. They were able to program their own games into Super Mario World. Um, by these insane, uh, just using like button presses on the, on the controller, they were able to um, find some flaws in the programming and program in their own games, such as Snake um, and uh, Pong. They were able to make these games. Um, what? Wait. Yeah. It's, it's weird. You, you may need to see the video to see, but like basically they pre-programmed this uh, and it, it ends up sort of exploiting some flaws in the programming and uh, lets them program their own games, it, do whatever they want once they uh, uh, sort of uh, hit this, the, the spot where the exploit happens. So, wait, so they're like playing <laughs> Super Mario Brothers or something, and they're just yeah. like running around, jumping on turtles, and then all of a sudden they're yeah. just like, yep, now we're playing Pong. Yeah, so okay. there's, yes. Yeah, that's that's basically that's basically how that works. The, there's a, demo, a live demonstration where they had a, they had programmed a, a, a Raspberry Pi, plugged it into the like the controller port of a Super Nintendo, and then made this thing happen. Huh. Um, it's you know it's twenty year old games, and they're people how people spend their time. I think it's super cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, so what they've done is they spend hours and hours and hours turning a twenty year old game into a forty year old game. Right, into exactly. a less fun <laughs> game, essentially. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen, this is uh, the world we live in. And this is this is not COVID stuff. This the article was from twenty fourteen. <laughs> uh, uh, so what is, is this awesome. statistic? What is the stat here? Is uh, I mean it's involved. Is uh, the stat is, is pong. Is stat. Yeah. <laughs> pong is the stat. Um, the old number pong. Yeah. 
the uh, it's the memory of the of the well, really what what the reason this is um, able to happen is is the memory of the computer is um, uh, exploited the way the way that the parts of the game are saved into memory. Um, if you know how that happens, if you know at a very deep level like where things are saved, then you can. Uh, you can you, apparently you can use that to make it do whatever you want. I feel like you're uh, giving us the plot of WandaVision right now. Uh, no spoilers, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're sharing a link to this, right? Like. Oh, for movie? sure. Okay. Good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. The last thing we got for you is the um, the under Google. <laughs> Oh, are we doing under Googleables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to, sir. He said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. And I guess, I, I Colson, I, I've got one. You guys Yeah, no, got go one. ahead. I don't know if... Uh, go ahead, buddy. Um, so... I mean, you didn't have a stat, so I'll give you this. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> My wife, we we watched video, we watch movies sometimes, and and there's a lot of different, uh, you know. So there's like the fantasy tropes we were watching, like Lord of the Rings, and um, there's all these like so in in fantasy uh, literature and movies. There's this, there's a uh, all these different races of creatures um, that are sort of accepted as like fantasy you've got your orcs your goblins and wizards and elves and trolls and ogres and gnomes and stuff like um i guess like i was sort of looking to see two things one is like is there like a universal definition of like what because it's not like it didn't come from one place that as far as i can tell it's like a shared Mm. fan it's a shared fictional uh to shared union fever dream. I mean, yeah, it's like I can't figure out where they all came from um, and why they're all accepted. You know, it, it's sort of like a shared fictional history, or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yeah. Um, and then is there like a is there like a universal acceptance of what each one is and like is what makes an orc an orc specifically and and is that sort of like consistent across all of these different types of media hmm. like well i mean i'm sure so harper and, and colson probably have way more knowledge than me so i'm going to chime in as the idiot first and then um let them correct me but my guess is that they're much like zombies or vampires or whatever that there are many uh iterations of these uh, species, if you will, and that there are certain, out of those iterations of those species, there are certain, like, sort of ground rules, I guess, for what each one can be, I guess. And then the, the, the individual, there's variability within that, I guess, I would say, right? Um, 
and I and I imagine that many of these were born out of you know oral tradition and legend of you know who knows probably a lot of it from the Norse and the um, you know northern European sort of uh, societies I guess I don't know that's my guess I have no idea what do you get you guys you guys are more into this than I am so I would have thought Joey would have been on this one. <laughs> Not really. Well, I mean, I know what they are, but I just don't understand. Like, I guess I just didn't understand how, like, if you were to say, I'm going to write a fantasy novel, mm-hmm. like, now, you know, like, people would know what that means. And it's like a, there's like a, sh- particularly like the races or, 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 you know, the creature types. Like, everyone would know what those were. And it's like a sort of accepted thing. Well, I, you know, I think, I think Jason's. Right on some level, I think a lot of the, I mean a lot of this stuff is is oral history. It's it's um, you know Norse stuff. It's pagan stuff. But I think that uh, the standardization comes from the popularization of a couple things. I think Lord of the Rings is a big one of those. Uh, and that uh, you know Tolkien was um, not only wrote those books, but also wrote a ton of appendices and um you know other tomes that that sort of talked about who these species were and what they were about i think that gave a lot of groundwork for people and this is you know um but i think beyond that you're talking about sort of a a dungeons and dragons type thing like there's so many people that spend so much time writing literature on these types of characters that somewhere in all of that sort of modern context, you get stuff where it's just sort of secondhand, where people know what an orc is or an elf is. Um, I'm, I, th- I think those things are really old, but I think that the sort of standardization of them, the way we think about them now, have probably happened, uh, you know, in in the last century. Yeah, that feels pretty truthy, right? Mm-hmm. I would say the vast majority of fantasy art or whatever that genre is like within the last you know since the 1950s probably really right like, right so so Tolkien was older than that though right we're, we're, what's he sure yeah, yeah 30s yeah 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 for sure so which is why I think he had such a big influence on the entire yeah genre right so this is me completely speaking on my butt but that's what I would guess right because you don't really start getting science fiction you know, when does science fiction, you know, like Ray Bradbury is writing, what, yeah. like in the 50s? Asimov 40s? is a little bit yeah, earlier, Asimov maybe. those guys, yeah. Yeah, the War of the Worlds. Yeah, there, was, there was stuff, yeah, there was stuff earlier than that, but, I mean, it was fewer and far between, I think. Well, uh, Jules Verne, you know, I mean, we talk about, like, sure. yeah, yeah, Journey to the Center of the Earth and all that stuff. That's the 1800s. Sure. But there were yeah. no trolls. <laughs> that's, that is true. Yeah, it's that's a different. True. Yeah, yeah. I guess I was talking about like the fantasy worlds where you're, yeah, invoking his characters in a yeah. specific way. Yeah, like it's unicorns and and wizards and right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suspect you know nature religions probably had some form or other of a lot of that sort of stuff. It's not really integrated yeah, yeah. into the Bible at all, which is interesting. No, but a lot of this stuff like comes out of fringy 
I would guess. Yeah. Sectors of of culture, you know, like so. I bet like Wiccan stuff like sort of helped carry some of this stuff through from you know medieval times or whatever or maybe even like the greeks and stuff like they had weird mm. minotaurs and stuff like that for oh for sure yeah no i i yeah i just think this stuff is but I, I i think uh, as long as people tell stories you know which has been since people could talk right um you create characters and and uh mysterious things and like i mean you know you try to describe the world around you you know we we talked about uh one of our under other undergoogables was about um when you uh lose a tooth and like every society was like had a version of the tooth fairy but sometimes it was a mouse and sometimes it was a a a troll and sometimes it was a gnome or whatever like you know because this is a universal thing and each society has ways to to talk about those things um, I, I just think at some point maybe there's just um, enough communication between all cultures that these you kind of create a fantasy world and again I think the the popularity of the Dungeons and Dragons and the publishing of that stuff and how important that was to uh, nerd culture in the you know 70s and 80s um, you know, had to do with a lot of the books and stuff and the movies that came from that. Yeah. I mean, certainly in terms of codification, that is yeah. almost right. They create the sort case, of like right? a, a like a world. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one would think that, you know, m- most stories, certainly in like prehistorical contexts, revolve around explaining unknown nature, right? Right. And so by, you know, creating you know, human adjacent species or races or something, you're helping to explain the, the world around you that you otherwise cannot. For sure. Elves are cool, man. They're doing stuff in the forest that you don't know about. They're all, they're all foresty. Right. Yeah. Uh, Is that, is that, is that, is that something we can even Google Joe? I I don't know what to type into my search bar here. Uh, I don't know, but also where do elves come related, from? <laughs> um, I feel like What's we did a, that. Those are previous on Google. <laughs> elves. What's a um, What's a hobgoblin? Do you know what that is? Mm. That was a bar that I frequented when I did <laughs> summer abroad in London. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume it's similar. I, I, I assume that it's similar to a goblin, but it's hobbier. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> Plays more checkers. <laughs> yeah, Has hairier exactly. feet. I don't know. Mm. Uh, Smokes more pipe weed. <laughs> the old hobgoblin. I feel like the hobgoblin is uh, maybe more threatening than the goblin. See, I thought hobgoblins were smaller. Hmm. Less threatening. Isn't the Hobgoblin a, a, a Spider-Man bad guy? He, he is, yeah. And the Goblin, yeah. The Green, Green Goblin and the Hobgoblin, both of them. Are we sure that a Hobgoblin is not just a Spider-Man bad guy? <laughs> uh, I don't believe so. We've got an undergoogleable within an undergoogleable. No, that's, that's uh, normal. 
if there if we don't get the uh, yeah if we don't do at least two in 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 one I'm <laughs> I'm a little disappointed. Um, so I'm finding that a hobgoblin is a spirit creature of the hearth, typically typically appearing in folklore. Uh, once considered helpful, but since the spread of Christianity, has been often considered mischievous. So, it looks like a oh. a lot of this stuff is certainly Norse. Elves, fairies, leprechauns. Elves specifically seem to have sprung from early Norse mythology. Yeah, I can find lots of like descriptions of these. You know, whatever, like archetypes of fantasy, right. but okay, I'm not finding an origin. It's like they've just always been in the ether, kind of thing. Yeah, that, and that that I mean that may just be the answer. There's the archetypal patterns in fantasy. Oh, this is like. No. I guess yeah. I just <laughs> I was just curious because like yeah, like I I'm familiar with with you know most of them, and I, you know there's new ones that I hear of here you know every once in a while but um like a kobold i didn't know what that was until recently Mm, Uh, i don't know what that is what is that i think they're they're uh they're kind of like they're they're sort of human-like but they're kind of like a um almost like a wolf wolfish um but they're definitely like intelligent and um i think i played D &D as a kobold once um but you know, you you are right, Joe. Like you know, we we listen to a podcast called uh, "Hello from Magic Tavern," uh, which is a, an improv show, um, but it's totally based on the idea idea that culturally we all sort of understand these basic tropes of right. of you know fantasy. Uh, there's wizards and um, goblins and orcs and whatnot, and you know that whole show doesn't work unless we all kind of understand this stuff, and it it it, it, yeah, it just exists in the in the zeitgeist in a in an interesting way. Uh, I'm I'm still gonna say uh, Tolkien and Dungeons and Dragons is my is my argument. I don't know how to Google that to prove it, but I think those things are important in popularizing it and codifying it for for culture. Okay, I'll accept that. Merriam-Webster suggests that uh, Puck from a Midsummer, a Midsummer Night's Dream is a hobgoblin. Really? Wow. I totally see Puck in a different way now. He's just a mischievous little dude. <laughs> Had no idea. Oh, I am seeing on this as well that um, hobgoblin is sometimes used to mean a superficial object that is a source of often imagined fear and trouble. Which I think I've I've sort of heard that mm-hmm. usage before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. the more metaphorical hobgoblin. Yeah, right. Like the hobgoblin that's in my computer every Monday morning. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, every every morning it, uh, when the computer doesn't work, it it, it breaks my puckin' heart. Uh, it doesn't didn't quite work. Oh, <laughs> oh God! Yeah, yeah. Hey, you gotta yeah. wrap it up, Joe. <laughs> 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 <made it> <laughs> All right, team. Um, well, we 
we'll be back with you on Monday. Um, and until then, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Uh, website is TheUndebeatables.com. There's a contact form there. You can use that to send us a message. And you can send us an email. Shout out at TheUndebeatables.com. And, and, of course, you can support us at Patreon.com slash TheUndebeatables. I'm sorry, Patreon.com slash Undebeatables. Just click the link in the show notes. Um, and we've got teachers for sale on the website slash store. I would just like to say that I saw Sabonis set a solid screen, get a rebound, and an assist in one possession. So, doing the little things that we appreciate. Shout out Sabonis. And also... MVP. (laughs) (laughs) For the architect, Donnie Walsh, and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sicklinard. Turn out the lights, the party's over. I thought you were going to do it in your hobgoblin voice. <laughs> Was that not the that hobgoblin is, that's voice? That's my hobgoblin voice. Really? Oh. I don't, maybe I don't know what a hobgoblin is. <laughs> we have to revisit just, this. Just, yeah. just envision Puck. That's my Puck voice. Yeah, that's you're right. Voice. That is a Puckish voice. Yeah. That's very Puckish. Puck you, Joey. Face is puckish. Oh, my God. You know what? You know who... uh, What I do... I'm looking forward to um, the Coach of the Mad Ants um, playing Puck in the movie version. Of of Coach Carter? (laughs) 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 It's a... It's a Coach Carter uh, Dead Poet Society mashup. And Tom Hankins is going to play Puck in the, the Midsummer Night's Dream version that they do in the Coach Carter. Is this going to be the first uh, movie that the Unbeatables produces? <laughs> you know what? I bet we could get uh, LeBron James is coming out with Space Jam 2. Like, he, he put up all the money for that. Like, I think. I think he's now that he's in the movie industry, he'll probably support this. Yeah, yeah. Coach Carter's Poet Society. Let's yeah. <laughs> Who bankrolled Sharknado? We just need to get their number. <laughs> and I feel like we could use this Tom Hankins thing like over a bad phone connection. I think it goes <laughs> exactly. You've lined up Tom Hank. Yes, we've lined him up. Tom yeah, Hankins sure. is already committed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's in Fort Wayne now. Don't worry about it. We'll drive down. I think we got this. Um, I think uh, LeBron's team has this. If if you guys listen, if if uh, listeners listen to this on uh, Thursday, and LeBron's team has not won um, the All Star game, I'm gonna eat a shoe. Mm. What kind of shoe? Specific shoe. Uh, whatever shoe I have in my closet. Mm. Mm. I'm not worried about. It's a wooden shoe. <laughs> the problem is, I'll I'll be one shoe down. Hey, you might as well eat a pair, then you know. One yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just commit to one. Doesn't. I'll eat. I'll eat two shoes if 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 the LeBron's team doesn't win.
I've never been so interested in the outcome of an all-star game before. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go to bed, but now I'm staying. <laughs> you need to live stream it if you're, if you're doing that. So, so currently, uh, Durant's team needs 23 points, and LeBron's team needs six. So mm. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Oh, and Lillard just hit a, a long three for me. So yeah, we're doing they need good. three. Which, Feeling hard uh, about my bet. Either Sorry, guys, Curry or Lillard will hit from half court shortly. Yeah, they're only going to take uh, half court shots, but that's fine. Uh, nice work, team. Mm-hmm. It's all done. Uh, and Lillard wins. Yes, he does. Because it's Dame time. Yeah. <laughs>